does it get better than a win in Lambo? Just how good is a weekend without Titans stress? And what's the best uniform in the NFL? This is the Transatlantic Titans podcast. Standing on the arrowhead at Arrowhead. Brinkley to snap. Turn to hold. Snap. Set. Kick on the way. Good! One safety in this half. Drive starts at the one and looking for a little breathing room and they get that in. Plenty more. Derrick Henry still going. Stays in bounds. He might go. 99 yards for the touchdown. Unbelievable. Welcome along. It is a victory Saturday here at the Transatlantic Titans podcast. I'm Adam. Miles is here, the offensive coordinator for the, the Chester Romans. How you doing, Miles? Doing good. I thought you were just going to leave it at Miles the offensive. Uh, so I'm quite glad that you continued that. I'm doing good. Thank you very much. You're not offensive. Greg, just on to... the other hand, um, <laughs> as as once described by Janoris Jenkins as face, it's Greg Kett. How are you? Good evening. Very well, thank you. It's good to spend my weekends wasting time with you guys as much as I normally spend weekdays wasting time with you guys. Well, it was one of those things that Thursday night football's annoying because we've got to either stay up late or or get up, as as we've discussed before with these primetime games. Uh, but the upside is we don't need to stress about the Titans at the weekend. And it was a glorious win in Green Bay. So... We were keen to talk about it, so yeah, let's let's get together on a Saturday afternoon and do this. Um, also, there's a a bit of ugliness to get through, uh, for want of a better word, but it's probably about the right word. Um, Todd Downing having called his best game of the year or best game of his career, maybe um, decided to celebrate a bit too much and drive home from the the airport or the facility. Which, whichever, take your pick, um, got pulled over by Nashville police with a significant amount of alcohol in this system. And to me, this is as inexcusable, well, it's inexcusable behaviour on most levels. What are you thinking, Todd, um, is, is the first thing. Um, Greg, let's, let's, let's start with you. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen yet, um, but... I mean, this reeks. It's it's not a nice, not a nice story to break, is it? No, it's, it's not nice. And uh, you asking what are you doing, Todd? Is is probably something we've done on a weekly basis. So it feels well, quite. To, uh, <laughs> feels appropriate to have to say, it, even though he's just uh, coordinated the the best game of that he's had in his entire career. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 another. It's one of those ones where. The offense performed incredibly well. You're thinking, right, we're taking some steps forward. And it is a case of two steps forward, three steps back in Todd's case because it's just unforgivable. And I'm actually surprised the Titans, knowing certainly what sort of Amy Adams-Strunk is, is all about in terms of her values, I'm, I'm, I'm actually surprised that they haven't just you know fired him straight away. Maybe that's to come. Maybe they're still getting all the information before they, they make that final decision. But it feels... Yeah, it feels a little bit weird to have a, a coordinator who, luckily, I think that the best news of all of this was that no one was hurt. There wasn't a, a situation where he ended up causing anyone to get seriously injured or, or even killed, which 
I think we, it's a blessing in disguise. But um, yeah, Todd, what are you doing? <laughs> Absolutely the right question to be asking because, yeah, until until that moment, it's it's the first time I was going to give him some some praise on on this podcast uh, in in what feels like ever. So, but it's yeah, definitely spoiled what was otherwise a, an excellent offensive display. Well, well, we'll come to the offensive display. I mean, it, nothing nothing that occurred after the game changes what happened in the game. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's a it's an ugly thing. I mean, facts have some more facts have emerged since um, he's supposedly doing a speed of 90 to 100 miles an hour um he was tracked by the police at doing 50 in a in a 40 zone i don't know yeah i'm not sure of the the geography if the if the 100 was also in the 40 zone i don't know but um none of none of that really matters it's the it's the it's it's the drinking that is obviously the the significant thing here and supposedly he'd I don't know if the excuse is the right word but he'd been getting death threats and wanted to get back to his family as quickly as possible uh, which seems a bit skeptical to to me Uh, if if he's getting abuse from fans um, after Thursday night's game would be the the least likely point to be to be getting it wouldn't it it doesn't quite stack up Um, yeah I mean I'd, I'd Miles, what would you like to what, like to see happen with this, if anything? Um, first of all, it's a completely poor excuse. Um, the guy's getting well, paid. There's no, well there's in... no excuse. There's no excuse, no, is there? It's 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 completely inexcusable. Like the, the to say that, I mean, they get paid well enough for the lack of job that he's doing, where he could have easily got someone else to drive him home. At a, you know, it's he's made the, the conscious and, and decision. The... Further to furthermore, the team provide free taxes for yeah. players and staff. Um, so, so he's made the conscious decision to get in the car when he knows he's had a drink and drive to me. It's completely inexcusable. And it's it's something actually that I feel like punishment, regardless by the police and stuff, isn't done enough because to me it is the most one of the most inexcusable things. It's it's a blatant risk to every single person on the road, off the road and around you when you're doing it. And to me it's inexcusable and if the Titans were to have strong action on him, I'd completely back him, not purely because of how he's been for the whole season anyway, but just for what he's done. It's, it's yeah, to me, to me it's a cut and dry. He should, he should be gone and he should be wreaking a punishment for what he's done. Um, if we find out the only way he can now call a game is when he's had a drink, then that's one thing. Um, <laughs> well, but yeah, to, yeah. to, to me, to me it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's a no brainer. It's, the police need to come down hard on it, and so does the team. Well, th- there's there's another angle to this, which is: is there a culture of, you know, getting beard up on the plane <laughs> after a game? Now, I I don't have a problem with that per se, um, as you know, as, as as long as as long as things are done in the right way and and everyone's being included. You know, if presumably certain players don't drink, and so on and so on. Uh, there was there was footage of the commanders on their plane back from Philly on Monday night, um, and t- Taylor Heineke with a a case of beer on the plane. Now, yeah, I I don't see that that in itself being an issue. Apparently, the NFL does for what it's worth. Uh, they have a ban on you know team buses and, and planes having having booze. Now, yeah, given given what we've seen with the commanders, and there was a hastily arranged tweets and statements about them 
and the fact they've been cleared of wrongdoing, I'm not I'm not sure not sure why. I can't remember why. I don't care why. It doesn't matter. Um, but there's going to be some questions asked of the Titans. So not not just Todd Downing. It were you know were other pe- other people drinking? Were other players, coaches drinking? Were other players, coaches even drinking and driving and just didn't get pulled over? Um, so I, th- I think what's probably a factor is whether it's the Titans themselves, whether it's the league or a combination of both, establishing exactly what's happened with everybody concerned before they take any decisions about how to how to punish Todd Downing. I mean, I don't think he'll be fired or anything as, as drastic as that, as that. I'd be very surprised. Um, you, you, this isn't me saying we, he shouldn't be fired, by the way. Uh, but I just don't think he. I don't think he will be. Um, I know. Um, I can see. The, I can see a suspension. The Commodores have managed to make an internal thing of it now. I think Ron's come out and said, "Don't worry, we're sorting it as a team and trying to get the NFL to sort of stay away from it." Um, I won't be shocked if we try and do something similar. But at the same time, like we said, there's going to be much, we... much more scrutiny based because of what happened, though. Oh yeah, yeah. C- can we see him getting sacked? Probably not. But I think we're all in agreement that it's probably sort of the right call to make but yeah I agree I think it's one of them where he, I think if he had lost that game as stupid as it sounds and it, it'll come down to a footballing decision even though it shouldn't do if we'd got completely shut out in that game and had produced nothing there's a higher chance that they might have just gone you know what we've got an, we've got an even better excuse than them just being poor this season which is sad to hear but it's probably the, the truth of the matter isn't it it's difficult because the football decisions and these kind of decisions shouldn't ever mix one should not be a reason for the other, uh, but we understand, we understand that it will be. I mean, we we see it with other kinds of crime that that goes on with players, with coaches. Uh, there's unfortunately domestic violence and other other incidents that that have happened with players. And sadly, the reality is that if you're an absolute star player for your team, you've got a much longer leash. Than if you're a fringe practice squad guy, and that's, that's that's just the way it is. If you're a an offensive coordinator, you're probably more untouchable than you know a junior assistant or something. Uh, but I'm not saying that's right. But that's just how that's just how it is in in the NFL. That's been very clear. All sorts of other issues about. I mean, whether whether we think it's the NFL's place or the team's place to punish somebody when the, the law is doing it is another debate entirely. Uh, but the NFL's always sort of taken that, that stance with its, with its image. And I think that's kind of right. Um, oh yeah. I don't, I don't know what, uh, what else to add, Greg, if you've any, any more thoughts on this? No, I think, I think the team, I'd be, I think if they were going to do it, they would have done it by now. I think, uh, I, I appreciate there's maybe some more facts gathering they need to do, but you know he he's pretty much come out and said it all. Um, it, I think you're right in terms of I can I can I can see them trying to not sweep it under the carpet necessarily. I mean he's gonna by law have to go to court and take his punishment, whatever that punishment may be. Probably not enough of a punishment realistically, but whatever it is, because because he didn't hurt anyone. Whatever it is, he'll, he'll, he'll have to take on the chin. I, I don't expect the Titans now to to fire him. To be brutally honest with you, nothing that I've I've heard from very little. I have heard from certainly from Rabel or anyone else has sort of suggested that. So I think you know we are very much in that position. And to be honest with you, 
from a from a team perspective and again moving away from what actually happened i don't think firing todd downing is sort of the right thing to do um not from a performance perspective i don't see that pushing this team any further forward than i asked you that question a week ago um, even even yeah no and and I've always like I've, I've anyone who looks at my tweets will, will see that I've I've in quite a few times had hashtag fire Todd Downing because the guy's infuriating but well hashtag we hire Todd Downing more recently as he's been it's been mooted as a head coaching candidate um, yeah absolutely and I'll still yeah. I mean I might have to do this now I will drive you anywhere you want to go Todd to go and be a head coach somewhere because I, I don't want you on this team next year that's for sure so I, I don't I, I honestly don't think it's it's going to happen and, and I think you know we are going to be in a position where you know we are kind of going to be stuck with him I don't foresee that change anytime soon I, f- I felt a bit remember the the Covid witch hunt a couple of years ago where the some some of our players, I can't remember who was involved now. Um, it, it sort of blew over in the end, where we, you know, we had a, we were sort of the first team to get a load of COVID cases, and players have been practicing when they shouldn't. Um, and I think because we were the first, things weren't necessarily clear to everyone, and we had the our bye week moved. I think it was a Pittsburgh game, wasn't it, that got pushed back, um, and then the the Buffalo game ended up being on a Tuesday night, and all this stuff, and the rest of the NFL fan bases just seem to want to pile in on us. And I've, I've got some similar vibes about this with the, with the Washington thing. And, and, and now this, I just have this, this feeling that we're, we're going to get scrutinized and it's, it's not going to look necessarily good. Um, I, I don't know if there are skeletons in the, in the closet to come out. And, um, you know, none of us were on that plane. None of us knew sort of what, kind of a, a party they had and they should have had a party frankly it was an incredible win and it's such a shame that this feels like it's it's distracted the world from this it's taken the shine off it a little bit and because well cast your mind back to tuesday when we we podded and i think only me i'm gonna sit here and smugly say this only only i had any sort of confidence that we might go into lambo and win um, Greg, you had no hope at all. That, maybe that's an exaggeration. You weren't. You weren't confident. I mean, the way we, the way our offense was looking, I get it. Um, but it was, it was a different story. Yeah, I, I didn't go into. I went into this game. I think I said last week. I went into this game very similar to how I went into the KC game, where I you know, was hopeful, but hope was all I really had. Um, and and it was purely down because I just didn't think we were gonna score enough points and I thought that Green Bay would would just do about enough to, to score enough points and yeah happily happily to happy to accept that I was wrong and it was one of those performances that offensively is the best we've seen this season um defensively you know it was it was enough I, I actually don't think it was as impressive as, as what we've seen but there's been some some incredible there was some incredible plays if anyone um looks at the game tape that brian baldinger does looking through there's probably 10 videos that he tweeted i think it was earlier today or yesterday some absolute like some brilliant plays that that came up from from that but i still i just felt that offensively it was the best we've seen and, and it was the best we've seen because it didn't feel predictable for the first time this season it didn't feel like leading up to every single play, okay, yeah, this is going to go to Derek Henry or this is going to be this or this is going to be that. And that's how watching the Titans as much as I do, I feel like I could probably 
probably read a lot of, okay, we know what's coming next. It didn't feel like that. It felt like, you know, they got more more players involved. And I mean, look, ultimately we executed better than we probably have all year as well. But, but this is it. It's easier to be, to, well, it's easy to not be predictable when the passing game is working. And the passing game hasn't been working at all this year, really. Yeah, Green Bay put, put everything into stopping Derrick Henry. And in fairness, they did, a, at times, a relatively good job of, of, of stopping him. But it just opened up the door. And I don't I, I don't know, like every team stacks the box and tries to stop Derrick Henry. But this is the first game it felt like that we were able to use play action to our advantage. And we were able to use the receivers that we've got to the point where it wasn't just a Derrick Henry game. Henry still had, you know, he was still a factor. Sure, you know, he didn't rush for over 100. You know, he got the touchdown, which was hilarious to see Jair Alexander make a very much business decision <laughs> that he did not want to put that tackle in. But you know what? I don't wasn't, think I would wasn't want to the only, was, Wasn't the only time he was humiliated in the game. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but it was one of those one of those games that I think um, it was almost like a, a bit of like a coming of age. And, and all I want to see going forward is, is continued improvement in that regard. It felt like that was the first time in probably two years that we saw a functioning offense. And let's be honest with you, we didn't score loads and loads of points. We scored 27 points on, on the day, which, you know, it's not to be sniffed at, but it's not your 30s, 40s, 50s. But at the same time, it felt like, you know, we had an offense that could get things rolling. Hey, I mean, it could have been more points. We had a fourth down bottled up, right, you know, just outside their, their red zone, I think it was. Um, the, also, time of possession, was massive. We absolutely won that game and we didn't have the ball that many times and neither did Green Bay. There were long drives and that meant that I guess there weren't as many opportunities for points. Um, Miles, let's talk about Ryan Tannehill. Um, is this, well, it, obviously it's the best game he's had this season, but is this the best game he's had as a Tennessee Titan? Would you go that far? Judd, <sighs> Track my mind back to some of his better games. It was certainly a very impressive um, performance from him. I think what really helped was Burks was another game back fitter. Uh, I think Westbrook Aquina, following on from last week, seemed to be playing with a lot of confidence even in training. He seems to be sort of stepping up quite a lot. And I think I've seen a few tweets about saying how he's really looking like he's he's stepped up a level in his performance. And again, what I said we needed to do was really force the ball into our playmakers. And early on, we got Hooper involved. We got the ball to Burks. We were, I mean, granted, there was time for him to do that. I think the line done really well again. Um, there was a couple of sacks on Tannehill, which obviously isn't ideal. But overall, it was another solid performance from them. And especially with the injuries that we had going into the game, we thought we might really struggle there with what Green Bay could offer defensively. And it was a, it was a very all-round good performance. I think I agree that defensively might be one of our worst games defensively, but we have still kept We were down to, to the bare bones on defence. Exactly, though. but yeah. we've still kept them down to two touchdowns and in a away game in snowy conditions, very much what Green Bay are used to and we are not. Like, in, in past years, that's a very easy game that we get completely turned over and come away with very little, but I think Tannehill looked calm in the pocket. He was very accurate with his throws. I think even when he's getting pressure in his face, there was a ball out to Chiggy, which was a nice lofted, you know, he just lobbed it out then. It was almost like the confidence of like thrown out there, knowing the receivers were going to make a play. Whereas I feel like in the past few games, it's almost been, he's made them same balls, but this, I think we said the separation the receivers were getting wasn't there. And just generally, it just, 
it, it felt like timing was just spot on. And considering we had such a short week to actually prepare for it, we did say we needed to go a bit more simple with it. I mean, granted, the, the Henry touchdown, which I'm sure we'll get into, wasn't exactly a simple call. But outside of that, there wasn't too much out there that was that difficult. It looked like a lot of plays that we'd seen before. I think even a couple of them were robbed plays that Green Bay have used against us in previous years. I think they've shown an example of one of the Burks passes, which was identical to one that Adams has had on us a couple of years ago. Well, that, that, was, just, that was just Brabel being petty. Brabel being Brabel. Yeah, Brabel oh, being Brabel. I love it, yeah. I mean, it's, it was, it's the exact version hmm. of him we want to see. But I, I think, yeah, I agree. Tannehill looked great. I think he ended with, what, 333, which is a nice number to end on anyway. He loves seeing all the threes. Um, <laughs> but it, it was it was great and it was good to see everyone getting involved like Hilliard continues to make plays which I think at the start of the season no one was really expecting but he has become that player that can come and step in when Henry not so much needs a break but just a change of pace I think he's got good short hands coming out of the backfield I think Chiggy I think every he's, single I think Hill, Hilliard's a bit of an unsung hero of this team at the moment because he's I don't think he's that big a threat handing the ball off to him, but pass catching out the backfield and he he, he gets downfield as well. Yeah, he's um, a good deal. He's got Lewis. speed. Yeah. 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 It's exactly <laughs> it's what you much want from nicer a bloke. Back. He's just, yeah, I'm sure he won't block us, hopefully. Um, but no, I, I, I agree. I think Tannehill, Tannehill looked sure. I think the whole offense actually did. I think we can't just say that even though Henry had a good game, uh, game it, was, it wasn't on him. Yes, the pressure that he causes because they spent the whole pregame talking about Henry. So obviously Green Bay are going to be targeting as we need to make sure he doesn't control this game. And it just opened up the whole game for everyone. I mean, even Bobby Woods looked great. Like when he was making catches in the past, he sort of laid the catch and it almost looked like he wants to go down straight away. He was actually making good cuts and making like he was going to send the ball further than what he was meant to. And yeah, I was, I was really impressed. Did, didn't see it coming. I thought we, we have this potential, but it's a huge confidence boost for that offense. Yeah. The, I mean, the first the first drive, third and long. So I think the first, after a couple of, it felt like, oh, we're going to go run, run, incomplete pass, punts on that, that first possession, but we didn't. It went deep to Traylon Burks. I was like, Where, where's this? We haven't seen this. Fantastic. A- amazing throw by Tannehill. Mm-hmm. Fantastic grab by Burks. And he was like, he, he, had, the, he had the DB beat and we, our receivers were, dare I say it, getting open. So I mean, it wasn't wasn't just Burks. I mean, it helps. Obviously, it helps having them all back. Like Burks fit again. Um, but yeah, Westbrook Akina had a couple of catches. Austin Hooper obviously had a good game. Chig with that incre- incredible catch of his own. It just something something seemed different. Um, Greg, I don't know if you could put your finger on what that is. How? Why were we? Why were receivers getting open Thursday, but we haven't seen it before? I think, we, I mentioned it earlier, we used play, play action better than I think we have all year. Um, it was, it just felt like uh, right, every every throw... Bar was it that Green Bay was just stacking the box more than others, mate? Even more was, than there others, There was maybe. no doubt. We, we, yeah. Everyone knew Green Bay's defence is bad against the run. And everything you listened to prior to the game was, oh, Derek Henry's going to run all over them. So there's no doubt that they knew they had to stop Derek Henry to, to win this game. They weren't expecting us to, to come out throwing the way that we did. They didn't expect, you know, trailing Burks on the on the first drive to go 40-odd yards or whatever it was. They weren't expecting any of that. They were expecting us to, to have a massive dose of Henry. It's cold. It's, you know, every, even we said on this podcast last week, we've got to just run Henry and run him into the ground almost. 
and I think they fully expected that. And then they didn't really seem to have a clue how to react to when we mixed it up a bit. And when we started getting, you know, look, players were getting separation. I don't know if that's bad coverage or just just better receiver play. I'm, I, I'm not 100% sure. But there was a couple of times like Chig's catch, great catch. But there was not a man within 10 yards of him. Um, and I think Tannehill... There were, quite a lot, there were quite a lot sort of third and fours, third and fives where... It would there'd just be an easy easy open target. Yeah, we but haven't I think we the, haven't had that this year. No, but also we haven't had many third and fours and third and fives. We always find ourselves third and long. So you're asking for more to to get that first down and uh, and whether that's because of penalties, well, even, which, even uh, third and longs, we just seem to find that we were convert we were yeah, converting. Yeah, absolutely. But I think realistically, one thing I asked about or one thing I asked for last week was string drives together and this is the first the first game this season that I felt like we were doing that we had I think one mm. maybe one or two or three and outs and punted probably know, three or four times so yeah it wasn't absolutely flawless but we strung drives together and the time and clock possession that you, we were talking about earlier was absolutely key to winning this game but it's the best I've seen of Ryan Tannehill and everything statistically apart from that one interception which it was a uh, Probably not the greatest throw he's ever gonna he's ever gonna make. Is I mean, he just did, he clearly he just didn't see the DB. It's just tight. Edges. I think it's just too too tight of a window. He didn't see him, and I think it was just it was one of those ones, you know. But he shook it off, and he didn't he didn't let it get to him, and, he, and mm. all of a sudden, then we're back again, and we're moving forward once we got the ball back, and it was it was the best I've seen of of Ryan Tannehill in what feels like ages. It's the first time he's thrown over three hundred yards since the Houston home game last year. Um, which is pretty much, I'm pretty sure it's not far off a year to the day. Um, first time he's thrown for over 300 yards in a win since week two of last season. So, you know, we know we're a run, run heavy team, but it's just good to see him be able to air it out and find him men actually with separation, um, wide, whether it's wide open or just being able to make grabs. Because there was a few, there was a few times where there was some really tight windows and he was just absolutely throwing darts left, right and centre. There was there was one one drive in particular in the second half that made me think, yeah, this is this is different. Um, and it was, I'm just I'm just checking the box score to make sure my brain hasn't fuddled this. But um, Green Bay scored a touchdown to go, I think, 2014, and it was straight after 15. that. I think was it 20. No, uh, they went for oh uh, two pointer. They got a two pointer. 20, 20, 2017, it went to didn't it? So they were. Yeah. It was 20 to nine, and then they got they got eight points from that that possession. And I think it was a drive immediately afterwards, and we just took it down the field and scored again. And we we're not we're not doing that earlier in earlier in the season. That, and that was the one to that was a throw to Austin Hooper between between two defensive backs in the end zone, and he's just an absolute dime from Tannehill. And there were there were plenty of those in the in, in the game. Um but you kind of think we've been watching and there's been a a good scripted drive or two and that's kind of all we've had but this just this was just sustained we carried we carried it on we and that's that's how you win football games that's how you win football games convincingly and this was probably our only win where we weren't hanging on till inside the 2 minute warning you know, this was i mean and it even felt comfortable when it, we did stall a couple of times in the fourth quarter after that and punted it to green bay but we our defense stepped up when it needed to. I mean, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers wasn't firing on old fat, old time Aaron Rodgers, was he? But he was still making making some plays. And you know that fourth down stop at the end. Yeah, okay, there's still this ten point game, 
and the, they're running out they're running out of time but i just didn't i didn't have any fear really or doubt by then <laughs> maybe maybe just a lack of sleep had blinded me i don't know but it just it just felt much more much more comfortable and assured even even on defense where we're struggling with injuries it wasn't maybe as polished or we won't get in the the pressure of other games but even there i think there was there was always we always had another play in us that we could have we could have turned to if we'd needed it I think and when they when they scored their two point conversion, that was the only time I kind of felt like is the momentum shifting. But then to your point, Adam, we went and and just the very next drive, I think we in previous weeks we would have been, okay, let's be conservative. We've got a three point lead, let's not go crazy, let's just run the ball twice and see where we I've are. Got, I've got it now. here. I've just I've just got the I've got the box score. Green Bay scored that touchdown, two minutes four left in the third. Crosby kips kicks off, first and ten, three yards for Henry, second and seven. Tannehill completes a pass to Robert Woods for 32 yards. Next play on the Green Bay 28. Um, Henry for three yards. Next play, Westwood Kikina for nine yards for the first down. Um, there's a play missing here. I don't quite understand that. Why did we go to second? Anyway, yeah, ne- next play, touchdown. Um, so five, five or six play drive. Um, a couple of big chunks in there. And it, just, it, was, it, was, it was big. It was, it was assured. It was confident. It was... Yeah, you've just got a touchdown to bring this back to within three. But yeah, we're going to go out and win this game. Not which which you wouldn't have holding seen holding on previous, to a lead. Yeah, which you wouldn't have seen in previous weeks. I mean, I think what you would have seen in previous weeks is okay. We've still got a whole quarter to go. Okay, let's try and churn as much clock off or do whatever we need to do, and, and let's just run Henry and hope for the best. And we end up probably would have gone three and out, punted it away, and all of a sudden the momentum swings right back with Green Bay. But the best, one of the best parts of that game for me was. I think the fourth down stop and fourth and one on Aaron Jones was great. But the one, the fourth down before that, where uh, even the commentator is saying, oh, you, you've got to go after Avery here as a, you know undrafted rookie or whatever. And they did. and But he almost threw it away. Uh, he had absolute, I don't know if that was just a miscommunication, but it was almost like Aaron Rodgers knew that he had pressure coming. He had to make some kind of throw. And he just on fourth and three, just threw the ball away. With, with I think that was probably five and a half minutes left of the game. I think it, I think the receiver hesitated on the on the route. It was a weird one because it, it looked it looked almost like a white flag. It's like it Aaron Rodgers throwing his toys out like, the ground or something. Yeah, like. exactly. It was almost like he was like, I'm not I'm not gonna get hit here, I'm just gonna throw this away. It didn't look to me like there was a miscommunication. And maybe there was, but Avery then really wanted that interception and started chasing it, which I was just like, just let it go. It's fine. I was a bit um, puzzled they didn't kick the. It would have been a longish field goal. I was a bit puzzled they didn't kick a field goal there. But I'm, I'm not. I'm not Matt Lafleur. That that probably answered my own question. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how long that field goal would have been, but yeah, I, I think it was just for me uh, defensively we did enough, and it's, it's it sounds really harsh to say that when when you consider you've, you've held them to 17 points. Simmons clearly wasn't ready to play, and and bless him for coming out there and playing as hard as he did. And he got still the sack managed to sack. End. Yeah, still managed to sack, even though and the guy stop, is clearly yeah. clearly twenty percent healthy or whatever he is. Um, I'm hoping for the best that Autry is. You know, his injury isn't bad, and it's not not too many weeks away. I'm, I'm expecting he certainly ain't going to be available for the next game, possibly two. But um, as long as he's back and raring to go towards the tail end of the season. Um, and then, yeah, in the secondary as well, we, you know, we are getting down, whole, the whole team's getting down to bare bones, really, in the defence side at the moment. Um, but fingers crossed we can we can get some bodies healthy with a bit of a longer week. That Hopefully feels that big right help. now, doesn't it? The ten, that 10 days break. 
it feels like a bye week. It does feel mm. like a second bye week in that regard. It's not obviously, and, and you know, but having having those few extra days hopefully will will heal some bodies. But we need to get we need to get Bud back. We need to get Molden back. Um, you know, we need to get we need to get bodies back as soon as we can. It's been fantastic though how other other people have stepped up on defense, you know, like Rashad Weaver and Walker, other you know, um, Tier Tart players like that, um, and the secondary as well. You know, Terence Mitchell was a laughing stock a, a few weeks ago, um, who's who's looked looked more assured. You have a- Avery's come in. Um, it's really encouraging when this this kind of thing happens. I'm I'm not hearing, I'm not seeing the injury report and absolutely bricking it. A little bit, obviously, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it do- it doesn't feel as as bad. Um, but it it doesn't half help when you win if you've got those those two games in in four days when you you win them both, and then then you've got ten days off. It doesn't half make it easier. I think one man's got to get a shout out is David Long as well. I think. Oh just, yes. Uh, if we we've said along all season long how. Yeah, you know, middle linebacker is not not our strongest position, but I think David Long is is I mean he's absolute steal and stick for as a sixth round pick, which I actually found out from a tweet that I sent two years ago um, when he was in his rookie season that that sixth round pick also came from the Tannehill trade, which in my opinion makes it even better. But it's just <laughs> I um, that. it's yeah I, I I completely forgot about it as well until someone retweeted it and I was like okay that's a bit strange to find that but he um he's been absolutely That's like the, the the details like Derek Henry was one of the picks from the the Rams for the, the Jared Rams. Goff Jared yeah. Goff trade was wasn't he so yeah little, little stuff like that it's uh, it's great but and he's he's just been absolutely outstanding especially against the run and uh, talks about Brian Balding and sort of breakdowns if you look at um, how we defended the run against Jones um and Dylan as well a big part of that was was pressure up front from from sort of Simmons taking attention away, which you know we knew that you know if he wasn't out there we'd miss that immediately, and then David David Long just making bursting runs straight through, and, and just stopping everything in sight. Um, it's going to be an interesting off season when you've got to consider obviously Simmons needs to be paid. We've got we've got decisions to make on I think Nate Davis uh, and David Long. So. Yeah, there's some, some pay them tough all. Decisions. Pay them all. I mean, I would I would say pay them all absolutely, but I mean, I don't know how much is going to be left when you when you consider who who will be walking out the door. Yeah, I think I think it's difficult. It's but it's it's a it's a sign of good decisions three years ago, um, and we we know we know that if I could take a positive from a couple of bad drafts we've had since, is that we won't have those problems in the next <laughs> next year or year after that. Um, hopefully the 2022 draft will create similar issues. I think it just might with, with one or two names. Um, quite, just a quick report on the O-line. Um, we were without Ben Jones, which did concern me much more than probably defensive injuries. Um, Aaron Brewer stepped in at centre, which, by the way, I speculated that he would. And the media, as soon as this podcast came out last week, everybody said Le- Levine was going to start. Um, I'm just in the know. Um, call me uh, the insider, whatever. Um, no, who's, Levine, who's Levine? Corey Levine. Levine. Um, <laughs> the lead singer of Maroon Five. Yeah, I've that's got, what I was thinking. <laughs> I've butchered his name, have I? I've, got, I've definitely butchered his name. Um, you, went, you went all smug and then butchered his name. You just ruined your own moment. Yeah, well, there you go. It was a, it was, a, it was a lucky guess because I mean, just. Kind of Brewer stepped in when if Ben Jones has even missed a, a snap, and, and he's he seems like the heir apparent 
and he did he did okay. It was no no mishaps that I could tell. Um, Raiden's one, Raiden's one taking his position. Now. Yeah, oh, I mean it didn't it didn't cause a, a calamity, I, I suppose. But Raiden stepping in at guard where Brewer would have been um, seemed okay as well. I mean, Arthur, Arthur Daly, forget it. But um, uh, in, inside, inside of there, we, we need a left tackle. That's pretty clear. Uh, but the O line seems to have seems to be taking shape. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I think there was it was another fairly solid performance. To be honest, um, it was Derrick Henry didn't have too many major breakoff plays, but he was still getting enough where it was forcing the linebackers and the. DBs to tackle him rather than the lineman, which is exactly what we want out of Derek Henry. We want him to wear away that defense. And like we said, it, it's the first time this season we've had over 400 yards of total offense. So there's got to be something said for how well they've managed to hold up and allow Tannehill the time to make the plays. Um, I loved the video afterwards where they had Ben Jones on the um, FaceTime yeah. or whatever when all the players were <laughs> running great. up celebrating with him. It's I mean, you can see he's definitely a player's player and they all love him. And But to be honest, it, I think it'd be the same. Did you, did you hear other... Tannehill? Oh, B- completely. BJ, BJ, thought you'd be asleep. <laughs> <laughs> was it asleep or eating toenails or whatever it was he'd done? That, yeah, <laughs> the sort of stuff you want to hear at half four. Um, but no, I, I mean, it, it, it was great. It was, it was really good. I think players stepping up. We, we've said it before. I think the culture that, I don't think I think without Vrabel you don't get this sort of culture at the team. Um, I know it comes from the very top, but I think Vrabel is definitely a, a player's coach that really brings them all together. And I, like we said with Mitchell, I think he, he's had his game, and the guys have probably got round him and really supported him. And you, we've seen the positives from that since then. And I think it's the exact same in any position when someone goes down, and it's just who's the next man up. And we've done it last year, and I think we'll it'll happen again this year based on how things look. But Who's to say that we can't ride all the way through the season with it? And then if we get, oh, sorry, when we get to the playoffs, if we get lucky that a few players are back or fit or healthy, then where we can afford to give them a rest. Because at the moment, there's a bit of a gap between us and the uh, others in our division. That would be, again, welcoming. But it's, every time someone goes down, someone's filling in. It, it, it's not, even though it sucks when you look at the injury report and it's like, can we just find out who's fit rather than who's injured? And then we have a good idea of, what the team's going to be. And obviously our insider now of Adam can sort of predict what's going to happen, but <laughs> it, it's working out. It's working out great for us. And we've won seven of the last eight, is it? And the one game we lost, we took a team to overtime with a rookie quarterback that didn't throw the ball, basically. Like if you'd offered us that eight games ago, I think most of us would have tore oh, your hand off yeah. it. 100%. And so, I, don't feel, I don't feel like we're really looking over our shoulder in the division now. I don't, no, I don't I think we, we can't have number one seed aspirations probably, but I say that, who knows, you know, never quite we, know with the times. Are but... we tied for it at the moment? Who's, who's, I think the Chiefs would be. Us and Kansas, so they've got the tiebreaker on us. Well, they, yeah, are, that, are they even a game ahead too? No, they're, se- they're, seven, they're seven and three at the moment, I think. Oh, they're, they're seven and two. Seven, oh, um, seven and seven two. And the so, Bills, I mean, the Bills are six, so the Bills are six and three. The Dolphins are seven and three um, as, as well as us. The different teams have had bye weeks. It gets a bit confusing. But in the AFC South, we are two and a half games ahead of the Colts. And the Colts have just put Matt Ryan back in. So, I mean, I'm not um, concerned there, to be honest. But the fact that we've already played the Colts twice and beaten them is is massive. It's an you extra know, if, game, if isn't it, basically? Yeah, it, it feels... 
I can't see. I mean, things have got to go spectacularly wrong for us not to win the AFC South. Um, I know you're going to could never all that out, obviously, but it just feels that you know having those two games against the Colts out of the way is huge. Um, we'll have to play. We've got one game against the Texans and two against the Jags to come, but I don't. You know, they they're a bit further back, and sure, surely the Texans aren't a aren't a consideration for the division. I doubt the Jags are either. I mean, it just feels like a very comfortable position we're in. And we get Sunday off. Um, be able to we'll all be able to watch red zone and relax and not stress about the Titans. And it's yet an, another week until another game, which which will be the Bengals. Um, Bengals at home, I feel I've got huge confident vibes about this. Big revenge game. Um, Bengals have struggled a little bit to replicate their their Super Bowl form. I don't know if Chase is going to be back. He won't be. I don't um, think. He won't I be. Think, I, I'm not expecting them to be, but I mean, anything can happen in that time. Yeah, I I, I know it's early, and many many injury reports to to get through between between now and next Sunday. Uh, but I've got good feelings about this. But back in back in Nashville, and um, put those put those ghosts to bed and. Um, Greg, give us your uh, nervousness and worry about this one. I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually quietly confident. Um, I think the this defense. Feels, this lost. feels like bad news if you're confident. <laughs> well, yeah. well, yeah, I know. And this is this this has got a loss coming all over it now, isn't it? But I think um, the defense, if we can get bodies back, I think like, we we absolutely annihilated Cincy in the playoffs on that side of the ball, nine sacks, whatever it was on Burrow, et cetera. We just, just didn't have enough on offense. And if, if we see what we saw on Thursday night offensively, and that's, that's, as I mentioned earlier, that's all I want to see is just constant growth and constant progression. And in that regards, um, then I think we've got enough, but I think it's gonna be a close game. Um, Chase is really important for them. So if he isn't available, I think that, that's a huge win for us as a, as a kind of deep threat. So I always do feel like there's an, there's an opportunity to hit us deep occasionally. Um, so yeah, look, I'm quietly confident. I'm only going to say quietly, but we'll, we'll see how, how it, it gets. As good that as is, it gets, that's yeah. for me. Yeah. That's, that's about as confident as I'm going to get. Um, but it's the Titans. You'd never know with the Titans. So I've been fooled before thinking, you know, <laughs> walk in and we'll just win this game. And I, but the thing is that this game is still going to be tough. So the Bengals are a much better side than, yeah, this this isn't this isn't an obvious Titans win with the bookies or no. anything sort of game, is it? No, of course, of course, absolutely not. And I think what you, when you consider you've got the Eagles coming up the week after away from home, it kind of feels like you don't want to lose back to back games to win this because you know if you're gonna if you're gonna drop a game against the Eagles because let's face it, there's, there's every chance we could do that. Fingers crossed we don't. And but we can at the same time. I, I'm hopeful that we can win this and then go into the Eagles game knowing that if you do drop that game, it's not the end of the world. Miles, 40 or 50 points against the Bengals. I mean, that's not enough. Um, <laughs> I, I, where, whereas not happy got, unless it's a 60 burger. Yeah. Whereas Greg's a bit quietly confident. I'm quite loudly confident. Um, yes. I think what we lacked in the playoff game last year, I think, we still very much have in a very aggressive defensive line, which is going to terrorise their offensive line. I think even with a couple of players 
who weren't there last year. I actually think this line has arguably got better even in Miss and Landry and how they get their pressure up front without having to blitz very often. I think Derek Henry is going to be fitter than he was last year, which was, it was great to have Henry in that game. But let's be honest, he didn't play anywhere near to his potential. And they are a bit of a wounded animal at the moment, the Bengals. I mean, they are literally an animal. Um, <laughs> but if, if Jamar Chase is struggling, um, they, I mean, I like Tyler Boyd. He's a decent receiver. Mixon's a good running back. But at this moment in time of season, I'm not worried about any team's running game against us. I feel like we're getting that much pressure. Burrow's going to have his PTSD of Jeffrey Simmons and everyone else within that game. Now, hopefully it all just comes into one. I agree with Greg that the deep threat is something that we will have to monitor a lot. I, I wouldn't mind us at all sort of dropping our safeties back a little bit more just so we know we've got extra help on that. And while the linebackers are playing so well, just leave the front seven to deal with the front bit and just keep Bayard back and try and force them to have to play the balls over the middle where we can try and make some linebacker plays. I think that's going to be the key to the game, to be honest. But we shouldn't really struggle this game based on how we've been. Um, I agree as well. We can't afford to go two losses um, in a row because I do feel like the Eagles is going to be much more of a competition despite them losing to the Commodores recently. Um, but we'll we'll see how it goes. But no, we, sh- we should score at least 80. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, before we do non-Titans related, um, a quick, very quick visit to Discord Corner, as I'm now going to call it. Um, it's a bit of an impromptu recording at this time um, because we were all sort of uh, loose end. But um, yeah, nothing to do with Green Bay, nothing to do with the current Titans team, but a question uh, from our Bafra official in there. Um, nothing to do with refer- refereeing either. Favourite uniform from down the years? Um, I, I, I assume just Titans, but maybe maybe we could answer both. Um Greg, what's your favourite Titans? Yeah, I'm going to say let's do both. Favourite Titans and NFL uniform. Uh, good question. I think... We haven't thought about Titans. this before, before this moment, have we? No, I, I should have should have gone in and read the questions prior to, but no, um, I I love... I mean, I, all Navy for me, both in the old uniform and the, and, and the kind of current Titans uniforms... Um, Maybe I'm boring, but for me, that they're, they're definitely the the favourite ones. I think, yeah, I just I just feel like that's when when winter's kicking in. They seem to come in wearing the navy after a few first few weeks of the season. They'll probably wear white or something because it's warm and it's generally. But then, yeah, once the season kind of really kicks in, it starts getting cold and miserable. That's when you see the all navy come out. And yeah, for me, that's that's always been my favourite. That said, I've got a really even though I was never. I won't say I weren't old enough to be a Houston Oilers fan. That's technically not far off. Um, I do, I do love the older unis, the old uh, Houston Oilers uniforms. So, which, which I think we're going to see next year. Which, which is yeah. going to make me incredibly poor because I'm going to buy <laughs> a couple of them. Because, uh, yeah, I, I must admit, when they did the the throwback in what was it 2014? Is it? No, what year was it? The younger, no, it's 2009 was the AFL anniversary and like a lot of the teams did, the had brought their old uniforms back. Yeah, I wasn't But that was the that. even older one. That was the even older one with the blue helmet. Um, yes. It's got to be the... the, the just because helmet. when it's when I grew up as well, it's like the late 80s, early 90s, white helmet. Um, yeah. 
blue jer- blue jersey with the red the red trim. The the ones from two thousand nine didn't have the red trim. That's just that's yeah. Just I, I, it definitely has to be that one um, for me. As a, but yeah, I, I'm I'm very much always been a Titans fan. The Titans era, so it's all navy, baby. Um, Miles. Yeah, to support uh, Blazing Game, uh, the best. <laughs> The best uh, uniform of all time is the 1994 Chicago Bears uh, jersey, which is like an orange and black Dennis the Menace sort of look. So feel free to uh, (laughs) uh, look that up as you're listening. Um, But for the Titans, to me, I love the classic Mariotta um, uh, colour rush blue. I know a lot of people hate the colour rush. I was going to shout out the Jags mustard colour rush um, for a particularly awful kit. But I actually really enjoyed the, the really light blue Titans colour rush. So I ordered myself a Mario one, which um, actually fits now. Humble brag. Um, so I get to actually show it off when I'm out and about. But yeah, that was my favourite Titans. Favourite Titans of the current uniforms. I, I think all Navy, like you say, Greg, for night games and cold weather. But I quite like the quite like the light blue ones when it's a, it's a day game. Um like the light, light blue with um, dark blue britches, hashtag britches, hashtag britches report, britch watch. Um, but the rest of the NFL, like, it's, I, I just, it's probably irrational, but it's a lot of the throwbacks. Like that Miami one, when they bring the old style helmets and numbers, that's that's pretty sexy. The 49ers with the, like the white old uniforms. Um the, the Raiders is pretty classic. It's just it hasn't that has that literally hasn't changed ever, um, but that that always looks always looks good, always quite, looks striking. I quite like the Saints as well. I don't know what similar similar to to the Raiders. Something about the Saints uniform that I just feel like can be quite intimidating almost when mm. you go into that into that stadium. Maybe I don't know, but well, I've got to say the Packers color rush or whatever the the white jerseys and white britches that they they wore on thursday that's that looked pretty good it was a great nice combo with our double navy and their all white that looks it was a good looking game for all sorts yeah, of I reasons all white in a in like a prime time game i'm thinking of like dallas from was it three or four years ago and when kevin byard stood on the star oh uh, just, yeah, you, yeah. You, like that that is yeah you do prime time in all white on the road does feel quite appropriate um, yeah, yeah stormtroopers as a cool yeah, yeah. stormtroopers yeah uh, and I, I don't know if it's just that moment uh, uh, that moment for me is always ingrained in my brain and but the uh, there's been a few there's been a few games where we've played in all white I think even this year I think didn't we play the Colts in oh, on the road in all white I think uh yeah I think we did I think we did yeah, yeah I think it's all it's always one that I know people go crazy for on Twitter when when yeah, Jim's got his British report. Um, and <laughs> wardrobe check. Yeah, wardrobe check. He's uh, that's definitely one that seems to get the biggest reaction, if anything. I think college football's really got it right now. Like the Tennessee college kit this year, the the black one they released. I said to Strawers that I need that in my life. Like college, <laughs> co- a, a lot of what college football do right. Again, they've got it with the jerseys. Where there's, uh, I was obsessed with Baylor for some reason with their with their jerseys. I always used to enjoy them as well, but. Um, I think, like most things, the NFL will slowly do what the college football do and jump on that sort of bandwagon of all the different sort of like Halloween kits and different um, occasion kits. Like they're doing ice hockey a lot. They do. They do it pretty well, I think. 
um, with a like, different different gimmick. Like the color rush kind of died a bit of a death. It was a bit maybe a bit too gimmicky, but I don't mind the idea. Um, which one? Just, which one would you say is, is the worst though? Which one? Like Jags. <laughs> that must have been, but the that must have thing was fun to ridicule. I miss it. Paul Puzz loves me in that though. I mean, his neck was massive, and in that kit, it was just <laughs> emphasized somehow. I'll give you know. the worst. The worst, hands down, current uniform in the NFL is the Cardinals road uniform because it's it's got loads of red on it. And if they're playing like the Chiefs or the 49ers or another team in red, you just can't tell them apart. It's a joke. Right. That needs that needs to change. Is it is it a black and red one? No, no, white, white. Oh, and, right, I was going to say, the, I love road... that black and red one in fairness. Like, oh, that's, that's, that's fine. That's fine. Their yeah. home jerseys are right, but that like white jersey with red numbers, but it's got oh, like the top red. half of it yeah, is yeah. red. Like the, 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 the nameplate yeah. is red. It just, just doesn't, I think doesn't the, work. The worst one was pre Tom Brady Tampa Bay. I mean, that was just horrendous. Oh, they're like, they're like digital the, clock numbers. Yeah, digital clock numbers. It was just horrible. And then they went back to more kind of pre that with, with their current ones. Well, they called them uh, new, new uniforms, but they were basically the same as the previous ones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we've Trading. had a redesign. Yeah, yeah, we've had another one, which has now gone back to pre, I don't know, 2014 or something. Um, the one, I don't know, the one I, re- I, I really can't stand is the Broncos white away one. Just, it just feels yeah, it's a bit boring uh, as hell. And it's like, I don't know. Plus also it's, it's the Broncos. Well, they, yeah. they used to have their old, like their old orange, like when Elway played, those uniforms were great with the blue, with the light blue helmets. And then they gave them a revamp and they changed to blue. They started playing in Navy and had like orange as like an alternate, but they redesigned the uniforms and it's never, it's, and then they reverted back to orange and it just doesn't quite work. Yeah. Like it needs that, that needs a, we, we could, we could do a, a whole hour on this. Yeah. I mean, also I've got to say it because, uh, we're talking about something I hate and it's the Colts home and away and everything to do with that organization. So I, I can't not, not mention, I hate their jerseys because there's not a lot. I, I do like about them. Their pitch is also ugly. <laughs> Jim, Jim, Jim Ursay reported, put a tweet out yesterday. We're going to play with the roof open on Sunday. And shortly afterwards, only joking. What? Because <laughs> he can. Okay, Jim. Whatever. Um, anyway, I so I, um, I is that is that is that what he uh, he also tweeted when when Jeff Saturday was like, and then Jeff Saturday just took it literal and just turned up to training. <laughs> Would not shock me in the slightest. <laughs> Probably. Oh yeah. By the way, uh, Jeff Saturday's going to be our uh, interim head coach, and he just rocks up thinking, "Oh, you gave me the job." Oh, wouldn't wouldn't it be incredible if that's what happened? Like that was just that was just a gag. Like, uh, I mean, we've we got a bit in deep here, lads. Uh, we need to. Uh, when are we going to? Might have to leave it to the end of the season to backtrack. <laughs> don't don't worry. Todd Downing be available then. <laughs> Hashtag hire Todd Downing. Go on, Indy. You know you want to. Right, non-Titans related. It is a Saturday night, and we are all sat here. Um, and I wouldn't be wouldn't <laughs> rather be anywhere else. Um, Miles, what's going on? Um, because it was quite last minute, I haven't really thought about too much. And I was trying to remember previous ones I've had because I've gone to the habit of just what's particularly annoying me on the day. And um, all I can really think of is, and please tell me if I brought up, in which case I'll just move on very quickly. Have I mentioned about how people stop when they're going up a, a ramp in a car park? I don't think so. No. Right. Okay. Well, those people are the worst. 
So um, I was driving in a car park today uh, behind a particular. I'm, uh, well, I mean, I was in Manchester. Living the dream. Humble, how humble can it be? Uh, and you always know when you're coming across nervous drivers who suddenly, when they have to park, suddenly crumble. And I was just behind them and they were already doing my edit. And then it's the way that when they, they go up the ramp and then all you need to do when you go up a ramp is just turn around and just keep going. But it's the people to get halfway up and then just stop. And then looking, you're behind them. Looking for them a cause, space. Because you're already annoyed at them. So you're trying to just get up the ramp and basically fire them off the car park if you could. And then instead they go up and just slam on and then they'll just wait there. And I just don't, I don't get it. And then half the time they then just stall and then they get themselves all worked up. And it's like, they just shouldn't be allowed on the road. It's like old people. It's just like after a certain point, you just need to accept that you're doing everyone's head in. And then when I was driving home, there was people that were sat in the third lane doing 60 on the motorway. And then you just, you're just there going, you just look at them as you drive past going, what's wrong with you? Like, is that bad now that there are signs saying like, stay in the left lane unless you're overtaking because you're a moron? And you just sat there doing nothing. So then you go up behind them and you just play the game of, right, I'm just going to get really close. I don't care if it scares the crap out of them. I'll get really close. I'm just like, you're not in the right, you're in the third lane. There's no one on the left for like four miles. Just move. And instead, you then go around them and you go behind them and you make a point of going all the way to the left. I just think some people shouldn't be allowed to drive, including Todd Downing. Yeah, and it all, nice, it all nice. comes full circle here that it's not just him. Even though he's a tool, there are many other tools, especially in the UK, that when it comes to a vehicle, they just don't know what they're doing or they do know what they're doing and they're doing what they shouldn't be. And it infuriates me. And I just sometimes I wish I was like an unmarked police officer and I'd pull them over and I'd make them stand on the side of the road for like an hour just because they sat in the middle lane wasting everyone's time because just to waste their time. That's the minimal thing I do. What I really want to do is go need for speed, hot pursuit on them and just click their rear end and have them spinning for a couple of miles instead. But we're a nice people here. So we'll just say, just drive better. I don't think I've really got anything was what you said for a moment. <laughs> I, I, I went on a tangent. Basically, I hate people. Oh, we all hate the. That's what it, I, I, what it I fundamentally just, comes down to. I just hate the general public. I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, I um, I want to talk about the. I don't want to get into a wider Elon Musk thing because I'm quite bored of a lot of that stuff. But I want to talk specifically about the Twitter blue, pay for it blue tick. Um, now, I don't quite. Um, I don't understand the logic of offering this. I don't know why. If you're going to offer this, it needs to be the same as the verified status because that's caused all kinds of problems and confusion for people. But who's who's paying? Why what? Why are you paying just to get a blue tick? I don't. I don't know. And I'm seeing like a lot of people, like even people that I know. I haven't really asked any of them about it, but are paying. I don't think I don't know how much it is in this country. It's eight dollars a month, famously. So presumably, like seven quid or something a month here. Why? I I do have one situation where I do find it particularly appropriate and funny, and in that internet trolls are making fake accounts of footballers' names, paying eight dollars or eight pounds to verify themselves, and make a silly announcement like they're moving team or something. And I do find that particularly enjoyable when they're just. Other than that, there's no logical that's, reason. That's but... that's fine. I'll get. Yeah, I've laughed at. I've laughed those, at a few of those. Those make um, me laugh. But other than that, there's no. What? Why do you need your ego stroking that much that you have a blue tick next to your name? Because let's be honest, no one cares about you. 
So it doesn't matter if you have a blue tick next to your name or not. It still doesn't make people relevant. So why are you paying money to? It's just it's stroking an ego. It's like, oh, I've got a blue tick next to my name, so now I'm important, and you're not. I yeah, that that's all it can be, right? I don't know. Or you're an internet troll, in which case, you know. yeah, I, I I respect that more. But it's just it's just people want to verify themselves, like as as if you're faking being something you're not. But you can just you can click on the blue tick and it just shows whether they're paid for Twitter blue or they're verified for a proper reason. So how long is it going? How long is it going to be until? Someone... Why not make it a green tick or a yellow tick or something? I don't know. Anyway. How, how long is it going to be until someone creates an account with a? Yeah, you know, not to just for a joke, but to just try and scam people. <clears throat> oh, that's DMing, that's happening. Sit there, yeah, sit there DMing them saying, "Oh, yeah, if you, you know, give you this, blah 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 blah," and and eventually you're just scamming them out of money. You see that so much with other things. It wouldn't surprise me if it does start because it's like I mean, I must admit, I've there's not one account I've clicked on to see whether they've paid for it themselves or whether they're just genuinely verified. I haven't done that personally, but there's gonna be loads of people who wouldn't check that, and loads of people who no doubt who might end up getting scammed because of it. I've had I had a DM I had a DM pretend someone's pretending to be the Titans official account, um, saying that I'd won the uh, one of their giveaways, like giving away the game ball or something. It was like congratulations, you are you've you've won this this prize. Click here, enter your shipping details. Bank account details. Well, I, I didn't I didn't click here. Mother's um, maiden name. It was, yeah, exactly, exactly. It was, it was, it was like it was Titans, but with a Z or, or instead of an S. It was something Ooh, like that. Fancy. Yeah, and but that that's that's the kind of thing that is is going on. And it's everywhere, and this just yeah, this will just exacerbate it. I'm waiting for one of our listeners to do a fake K Adams account and DM me, and I'll be on a flight over there to eventually meet up with some middle aged man. <laughs> oh, you won't get that money back, Miles. By the way, Jeremy Erdahl much much better um on the gmb than k adams much everyone's better host. Allowed to, everyone's allowed their opinion i think we have better hosts on this but I'm i think it's I think it's, <laughs> I think it's fair you're not wrong <laughs> <laughs> that was that was meant to be hit returning that serve but i don't no, know you're dead right. that really stung while i was that was that was, that, that was a rough <laughs> and the left-handed return <laughs> yeah that program's much it's much more watchable. Like no, she's got it. the right personality. I just, I just, I just found. I know, I know it's, you it's hate this. Ter- it's still a terrible show, though, because I, yeah. I turned it on yesterday, and they were doing a completely pointless round of where they basically put words up, and you had to talk about a subject. So it could be, oh, talk about the Minnesota Vikings, and you have to put these words in what you were talking about. And I just literally lost the will to live. It was just completely like twenty minutes of just completely pointless television. It could be, but that's like it's like a daytime TV thing in general. Though that that show could be half an hour every day, and they've got enough material for that. But there, it's just it's just filler, isn't it? String out over yeah. four hours. Yeah, quite yeah. a Pat McAfee show is super uh, superior in every way. Oh, and you think that can you 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 think that's acceptable? Um, yep. Mm. I'm still here. I said it last week, and I'm still here. I might die. You can't. You can't only because I can't get anyone else. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, all, it's all about the uh, Brett Kern show, and by that I mean just watching all the highlights of his. Oh, you reminded me. How dare they give Lambo number six? Why? Have we, why has it taken us this long to get to this? I wasn't going to mention it because it's disgrace. angered me. Stonehouse should retire. 
and it's not even his fault technically. I mean, that's nothing, <laughs> nothing to do with Ryan Stonehouse. I but... just had to say it because I know Brian will enjoy it. Um, <laughs> but it's an absolute disgrace. Have they not retired the number? And out of all the people they give it to, why can't Derek Henry just go? Do you know what? I'm going to be number six, and I'll be like, okay, I can't hate that, and I will still a little bit. But Derek Henry wouldn't they... do that. Even even no. Brett Kern tweeted about it though. Even Brett Kern yeah. tweeted saying, "Yeah, I'm not going to lie, this looks weird. This is weird, like that." Yeah, and disgrace. I was like, "It's yeah." I don't get it. Surely there has to be other numbers he could have taken. Or just not play. I would have rather not <laughs> kick the field goal and or extra well, point. Fair, there were other numbers anyway. he could he could have taken. Of course there were. He could have had eight from Cody Hollister. Um, anything. That's safe for Mariotta coming back. Uh, who's who's number three? Oh, Farley. Who's number two? I don't know. Anyway, number seven, eight. Not so, there so would have been numbers. They'll be available I can't soon. Keep, I can't keep track on on what numbers they've retired and which ones they haven't. Let alone yeah, what it gets a bit it gets a bit complicated. I've just realised. Yes, yeah, sevens Malik Willis, of course. Um, Greg, you haven't you haven't <laughs> moaned about anything yet. Got t- two things I really want to talk about. First one is um, friend of the show sports a horrendous team. Uh, also has his own podcast, the Un American Football Show. Um, donate know. to Nate. Uh, he's going to be swimming i think 5k next may don't um, don't donate to nate don't give him anything give his cancer uh, charity something um yeah not literally to nate yeah. he's not please doing please don't give nate any any money or any are praise we, or... are we starting the hashtag don't donate to nate <laughs> we, we <laughs> people might take that as in not donate to his charity so yeah. he's, he's raising money for cancer research uk which i appreciate there's a lot of americans listening to this thinking well i'd rather donate to a charity in the us which is fair enough but if you can donate to to nate or to not literally to nate but to cancer research uk through through that i'm sure he'll really appreciate it but my uh, my non-science related is um I'm a, i have a dilemma so i am in a, in a situation right just now let a doctor I, look at it mate look, yeah no, I, 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 we don't need a to see that. We don't need to see dilemma. it. Okay. Oh, different, okay. Different dilemma. Not this. Not okay. Well, why are you um, showing it to us? Yeah. I just, I just had to hashtag humble brag. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm def- definitely not put. Definitely not showing you my helmet this time. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, the I've now lost track. Oh no, that was it. So I mean, I have a dilemma, and the dilemma is uh, I, I. I go on holiday on I think the 3rd of December and I don't get back until middle of December it's way too early to put Christmas decorations up now because that's a disgrace but it's way too late to do it when I get back even though we're technically hosting Christmas here this year so do is it worthwhile me fighting with Yessie to not have to put Christmas decorations up this year because she's going to want to do it before we go away and that's way too early just let her do it life's too short do it as you've got the first and the second I think December December, fine. As long yeah, as as long as it's not in November. That's that's, that's too what you much. that's what you want to do in like two days before you go away is oh yeah, let's put all of well, our Christmas decorations up. Yeah, she's gonna do it though, right? No, well yeah, but no, because it, yeah, it, becomes, say, say, it becomes a group event. She doesn't listen to this, does she? She doesn't listen <laughs> say, to me, let, let alone this. <laughs> <laughs> say yes, agree to it, but then as long as it's not in November, so first first of December. It's two days before you go. What are you going? What else are you going to do? Pack. Hey, Adam, to do it. He's nearby. I'm not. I'm not doing my it's own. Not, not the only bad. the only issue is if you do you have a do you get a natural Christmas tree? Or, uh... Of course I don't. Okay. Are you, oh, who, do you who, like... does, who does that? Do, do you put Brett? Do you put Brett Kern at the top of it like me? 
<laughs> no. I love the smell of a of a proper Christmas tree. That's, of all the I, things, I, that... I honestly wondered where you were going with that for a second. I love the I love, the, I love the smell of Brett Kern of, on the of top of my tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I will say that I've I have to try my hardest to fight off all the festivals. Like I hate. I, like again, I was out today in Manchester and everyone was just playing Christmas music, and I've sort of had an agreement with myself that after Thanksgiving, being an Englishman, that's already weird with people that I'll generally accept that Christmas is sort of happening. Um, but my decorations don't happen until like the week before. My family will put them up probably in April if they had an option. But like for me, I don't really accept it. Like I'm back on the, I think the 18th of December from my holiday. And that'll probably be when I might swap the angel on the top of our tree for Kern. I'm not going on holiday in December, by the way. Yeah, not everyone that oh, well, that, that fortunate. Um, Sorry, my, kid, my kids. This time again? My kids watched a Christmas film this afternoon. It's the nineteenth of November. Was it the Muppets Christmas Carol? Because that's the only acceptable one. No, it was. I'll tell you what it was. It was called Nativity. It's Martin Freeman as a school oh, teacher, um, and inexplicably, the de- the detective from The Wire cropped up in it. Yeah, makes sense of that. Anyway. Um, I hate Christmas. <laughs> is it, does that not shock anyone that <laughs> Greg doesn't like Christmas? Sh- sh- come on, who f- likes Christmas? It's rubbish. I like I'm, I'm, a... swearing, I'm swearing a lot because you deserve to have to bleep this out for the Thanks. fact that you've watched a Christmas film in the middle of November. It's not me. It's not me. It's nativity. All right, the fact that you let your children. I mean, that's just bad. That's bad father. They're quiet for a couple of hours. <laughs> I like. I like pigs <laughs> and blankets. You'll get there, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of here. Let's please get out of here. Um, not for not for us, for anyone listening. If you've listened this far, um, tweet us with the hashtag I got there at Transatlantic, at Transatlantic TN. Hashtag I got there. There you go. Probably fallen asleep and woke yeah. up and just heard that. No one's tweeting us. No one's tweeting us. Right, let's get out of here. I'm not, I'm not even tweeting us. Enjoy, enjoy Sunday without stress. Um, enjoy next Sunday when we smash the Bengals. Obviously, tighten up. Bye for now. Tighten up. Tighten up. <laughs>